0: morning Let's pray God I pray that your voice is elevated far above mine this morning God that your word is brought in truth and in spirit with boldness and with love God that you deposit in each of us what you want communicated God we're open and we're listening we praise you. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, for anybody that wants to follow along, I'm going to be using the Amplified Bible. Um, I know it can be a little bit wordy, uh, but I love that it expands the depth and uh, the meaning of the original like Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. So anybody that wants to follow along, that's the Bible I will be using. Um, Sergio, the last two weeks has kind of introduced uh, the word, which is influenced. Uh, specifically in Asheville as in heaven. Um, and so last week he talked about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit hopefully is the influencer in our life. I believe we can totally redeem that word, influencer. He is the influencer. Um, and specifically he talked about who influenced us, what influenced us, what are we listening to, who are we listening to? And again, hopefully it's him. Hopefully he is the highest authority in our life. Um, and I will be continuing that conversation and I'm gonna be talking about who we influence. And I pray that you hear the father's heart through this message. I pray that you hear his invitation for all of us to go deeper with him because I truly believe this message is more specifically for the believer than the non-believer, even though we influence the non-believer too. So disciple, this is, and this is where discipleship comes in, actually, we as a church, um, we've been creating a system for discipleship and I know that we can hear the word disciple and discipleship a lot in our life and our Christian walk. We read it through the scripture all the time about the disciples. If you've been disciple before, maybe you haven't been disciple before, I pray that um, you hear the Father's heart, like I said, and you understand at the end that we're gonna roll out a system. And I hope and pray um, that you're willing to join us. So we're gonna look at what a disciple is. A disciple is a student a learner, a follower, specifically one who follows a teacher, and some translations say a master teacher. And Jesus is our example in that because of what the truth that he came with the kingdom, the truth that he came um, to give the disciples, how he taught them, how he showed them compassion, how he showed them love. In Matthew 4.19, he says, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher, and walking the same path of life as I walk, and I will make you fishers of men. So what is discipleship? Discipleship is the process of becoming more like Jesus. It's imitating his life. It's looking to him for every decision that we make, watching what he did. And we have the perfect example in the New Testament. And he makes it relational. It's not just about wanting to become more like him even though that is the goal, he does it in relationship with each other. It's about teaching someone to know him intimately through his word and through prayer. And it's a journey of intentional decision makings that we make as the goal is to mature in our relationship through him. We're gonna go through trials. There's gonna be difficulty in our walk. Jesus said there would be, and we're gonna need each other to point us to the truth, to edify one another, Paul says it best in 1 Corinthians 11, 1. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So he's saying, do what I do as I do what he did. Follow me as I follow him. Now it's interesting because the word disciple is used as the primary term in the gospels. I think it's roughly used about 260 times. And the word Christian, I think, is actually only used three. And it's interesting because I think our mentality is we can separate those two words, disciple and Christian, right? When the mentality and the reality is when we say yes to Jesus and when we give him everything, it's I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I follow him. I'm his student. He's my Lord. He's my king. He's my master. He's my teacher. When you break down Christian in the Greek, it's Christianos, which means little anointed ones. So yes, we're little anointed ones. Thank you, Jesus. But we're also disciples. It's important that we know that anybody that's from the pulpit here, it's not their responsibility necessarily to feed us. We have to feed ourselves, Amen. right? We, we can't just take what I say or what Sergio says, and it's actually, it's not his responsibility to feed you. We have to want Jesus. We have to want to know his word. We have to want to pray and be intimate with him every single day. Right. He invites us to that, Church attendance does not equate or translate to discipleship. It's not enough to show up on a Sunday and it actually isn't enough just to say you believe. Like Sergio mentioned last week, we can believe and not be considered a disciple. It can't stop there because when we say yes, we're saying we're leaning in, we're surrendering all, And we're following Jesus, which means there's action required on our part. We have to ask ourselves, are we surrendering enough to be changed? Or are we just sitting and and not really wanting to participate? Are we hesitant? Are we complacent? And it happens. I've been there. I've sat in the seat and I've said, God, have your way. And I didn't mean it but I'll receive what you have for me, but don't ask me to participate. I think it happens. I think we go through things like that, but Jesus wants more of us than that. He wants yielded hearts withholding nothing. And I know it can be scary. And I know sometimes we think, what is it gonna look like if I step out? What is it gonna look like if I relinquish control? But the irony is when we do that, we gain everything because we have him. He makes it clear when we give him our yes that it will cost us something. It's written. He says, you'll face persecution. You'll face trials. You'll probably, possibly even face death. And I know in our country, we don't really experience that part a whole lot. I think we've become complacent in our comfort in the Western church. There are countries, there are places that this is life This is the only option they have, and we have tons of choices. And like Elena said, there's going to be distractions. Anything that has your attention is an idol, and it takes your focus away from Jesus. We have to evaluate in our own lives, are we complacent in our comfort? Are we giving him everything when we say yes? If we look at the disciples in Matthew 4, it mentions that they immediately cast their nets. They immediately left their possessions. They immediately left the boat because they knew exactly what they were gaining when they said yes. There's a cost if we choose not to follow Jesus though. So there's a cost either way. When we say yes, when we choose him, he says, yes, there will be hardship. But if we don't choose him, or we just stop at believing, there's a danger of hardened hearts. There's a danger of complacency. There's a danger of even eternal separation for anybody that might be teetering, or is unsure, or doesn't believe and accept him, who he is, and what his position is. There's no middle ground And especially in today's church, in today's world, we can't afford to be complacent and undecided because people need the one true living God, the one who breathes and speaks and life is created, the one who sent his son to die for us, to go to hell, to resurrect, to be seated so that we're seated with him, chooses us. He chooses to partner with us. That's how much he loves us. And I pray that we're all willing to step in and accept his invitation because the world needs it. And he does it through us. He chooses to do it through us. He doesn't have to, but he's good. And he'll keep pursuing and wooing and he's waiting for our yes. We're gonna read Luke nine twenty three, And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself Set aside selfish interests and take up his cross daily, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake, he is the one who will save it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. Now, I know we hear this a lot. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily. Jesus is saying this is something we must be willing to do. And it looks like saying no to self-indulgence, self-reliance, and completely being reliant upon him. Luke 14, 26 through 33. He's addressing the crowds. They're following him. They've seen him do miracles. They've seen him do wonderful things. Um, And he's addressing them. And he's almost kind of like, holding a boundary or drawing a line if you want to continue to follow him. And he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life in the sense of indifference or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude toward God, he cannot be my disciple For which one of you, when he wants to build a watchtower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to finish it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and us unable to finish it, all who see it begin to ridicule him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one who is coming against him with 20,000. Or else, if he feels he is not powerful enough, while the other king is still far distance away, he sends an envoy and asks for terms of peace. So then, none of you can be my disciple, who does not carefully consider the cost, and then for my sake give up all his own possessions. So he's emphasizing this, and he's saying that we have to understand what we're committing to when we say yes. We have to understand so that we don't just jump in. He's saying there's a follow through despite persecution, despite our circumstances. Because when we follow through and we run our race, the father is glorified. People will see him and want him. And so when he's addressing the crowds, he's making that very crystal clear. Will you count the cost? Do you understand what you're committing to? I'm gonna kind of contrast Matthew 10:37 because he says hate and then he says love. He who loves their father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So again, he's, he's, he's asking us to position him above everything and everyone in our life, okay? He's a God of family. He's not saying to be negligent. He's just saying we have to position him and we have to love him more. He comes first, there's an order, there's the foundation in our relationship. And scripture before that even says he comes with the sword, which indicates division of belief and unbelief. Sometimes that means there's a house divided. So the hate and the love contrast is just basically pointing to loyalty. Are we loyal to him? Are we putting him first in our life? Despite family members, or friends that may disagree. They may disown us for our choice. He's saying he must come first. Now, Jesus talks about a cost individually when we give our our yes. He's talked about you have to kill your flesh. He wants you to understand that there is a follow-through, that people may hate you for saying yes to him. But he also gives us a commandment that addresses us relationally. And in John thirteen thirty four, he says, I am giving you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you too are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love and unselfish concern for one another. All of us are connected in this room because we choose to come to this church and we choose to exalt Jesus' name together. And I pray that it extends past Sunday. I pray that we fellowship together. I pray that we dine together. I pray that we connect. I pray that we ask how each other are doing. I I pray that we're taking care of one another. And, And in doing so, we're choosing to do life together, which means we're in relationship, which means we're also choosing to be accountable to each other. And I pray that we're welcoming that. God has a desire for every single person in this room to step in to everything that he has for them. For your family, for this church, for the church, for our city, for our state, for our nation, for this world, for his glory. So again, people will want him and seek him because of us, because us stirring each other. I believe it starts with us and I believe it starts with discipleship. I believe it starts with us saying yes individually and together, pursuing Jesus intentionally and continually saying, I want you, I want only you, I want all of you, no matter who and what it will cost me. All of us stepping in together, leaning in together, allowing him to heal us, to guide us, to teach us, repenting, worshiping, praising, crying, taking care of each other, all of it, so that he will be glorified, he will be reflected. When Jesus says that we are to be the light, the salt and the light, what he's saying is we are to give truth despite what culture says, because we're always gonna be counterculture. The world is at enmity with God, but also we're to reflect him. We're to shine so bright, the Bible says with our deeds and moral excellence that the father is glorified. Everything that we do, every choice that we make, we have to consider, is Jesus being glorified? Are we pointing to him? Do I reflect him? Am I representing him well? God through us, we influence other people as he influences us. And I I want us to really think about, are we positioned in a place with God to be an influence? Are we positioned to be a vessel? Or are we hesitant? Are we complacent? Are we afraid? These are things we have to ask ourselves because the love that Jesus is referring to, is he's saying unselfish concern for one another, which means we can do this together on top of our individual, yes. He very much wants us to be in community with one another. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, the Great Commission. We all know this one. Go, and some translations say, as you go, which means it's a directive. Don't wait. As you're living life, we need to be doing this. Make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstances, on every occasion, even to the end of the age. So that's a call. We want to be disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. And it's the spirit who empowers us to do so. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. He's the one who helps us live out our walk and empower us to look exactly like Jesus. It's through him that we learn how to live in his power and his authority. He is good. So what that looks like here at AVL, like I said, there's a discipleship process. We want to intentionally help shape beliefs, behaviors, and attitudes that reflect Jesus. And what that looks like is us meeting, us gathering, us sharing our stories, unpacking our past a little bit, maybe churches we've been to. um, And it it all bring our questions to meetings. And um, it's all about our current life state, what our struggles are, what we bring to the table. It's not therapy, but we do bring our current state and our questions and our life struggles to discipleship. Um, We're not asking for perfection. It is a journey. We all come from different backgrounds, different understandings, different experiences. We all have different gifting, even sin, but there's room for all of that. Um, There's room for all of that when we talk about our past, when we talk about what Jesus means to us today. We want to create a safe space for people to be honest and accountable. We can be honest about our current state but the accountability positions us to take action. We have a choice and we should want to be challenged and convicted on this walk because it's all about being molded to his image. We also want mature believers leading. This doesn't mean that they have it all figured out by any means. It just means they are walking with the Lord and they are, their whole entire life, they're trying to give everything to Jesus. Jesus and they might just have a little bit more experience doing this. So some things that will be addressed, our family, you know, our husbands leading by example, are they the spiritual lead in the, in the household? Are, are parents, uh, spouses showing respect towards each other? Is their dedication to the family? When we work and when we give, are we good stewards of what God has given us? Are we using wisdom with those choices? When we serve, are we consistent? Are we dependable? Are we reliable? When we worship, are we worshiping publicly and privately and joyfully? Are we using God's gift with humility? Do we sin less? Are we making sure we have accountability and relationship in our lives? Are we being imitators of Christ, trying to look like him in everything we do? Do we represent him well? Are we teachable? Do we remain faithful even in trials, even when there's difficulty? Are we running our race? Are we keeping salvation and eternity at the forefront of our minds? Are we slow to speak? Are we good listeners? Are we listening to understand? All of these things and more will be addressed. We also have a God Through You course, and we also have crews. Um, Those are really great discipleship touch points, and we encourage you to continue to do those things and and to attend them. But what discipleship does is it's more of an intimate one-on-one setting, man with a man, woman with a woman, sometimes even couples with couples. And it really allows and gives room to your individual walk with God. So if you want to be discipled, if you have been discipled, that's okay, because we all need discipleship. So I ask that you pray and consider. But if you're interested, there's a QR code that will pop up on the screen. It'll take you to a form. You'll answer a few questions, and then we'll meet with you. We'll, we'll meet with you, we'll get more information, and then we'll, um, we'll get somebody from the executive team to follow up with you. So we'll just give a minute for that. Thanks, Jeremy. In the app. Yes, Sergio just mentioned it's also in the app. When you go to the app, you open it up. There should be a home screen. I think there's like a section for discipleship. Even on the website, you can click that and it'll go to the form. I'd like to give us, um, as we're wrapping up, I'd like to give us a minute or two just to sit with God, sit with the message, see what he's asking of you. If there is hesitancy, ask him why. Some of us need to be reignited. Some of us may even want to recommit. But I encourage you to allow him to deposit in your heart what you need. And I encourage you to consider discipleship. God, we welcome you in this place, God. Our ears are open, our hearts are open, God. And we ask that you speak to us. Let us know what you want from us.